This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. So they're, they're using the Welcome Back Cotter theme for, a, uh, a, I guess, a similar show. But it's not called Welcome Back, Cotter, of course. Uh, interesting stuff. I saw the promo for that last night. I'm intrigued because uh, Welcome Back, Cotter might be one of the five greatest sitcoms of all time. Uh, Jordan Reed probably never watched an episode of Welcome Back, Cotter. He wasn't even born when that show went off the air. Uh, the pride of Central ESPN draft analyst joins us on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, hey, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we saw Drake May declare that he wasn't going to play in the bowl game, which, duh, because he shouldn't. Uh, and he's just going to get ready for the draft. Uh, so as best you can, still now, however many months out, what is the difference between Caleb Williams from Southern Cal and Drake May from UNC? Uh, well, first and foremost, just, Thank you guys for having me on. It's always a pleasure, Adam. I always love coming to talk about some of the home state teams. Yeah. I'm a North Carolina guy through and through, so it's always a pleasure coming on here. But with Drake May and then also Caleb Williams, both of those guys are the clear-cut top two quarterbacks in the draft. But they come in different shapes and sizes. Caleb is more so of your smaller quarterback at about 6'1", mm-hmm. 215 pounds, while Drake is every bit of 6'4", 230 pounds. So the term prototypical size is going to come into the equation more so with Drake. Right. But I think where the difference lies between the two is um, both of them have mobility. And both of them have very strong arms, too. Um, but as far as the in-the-pocket game, I think Drake is a little bit more polished in that facet. You see him going through reads, see reading and, re- and reacting. And Chip Lindsey's offense, I thought he got better as the season went along. And you have to remember that he was playing with not only a new offensive coordinator, but brand new weapons as well. Mm-hmm. Josh Downs, who's turned on to, who turned out to be a really good player for the Colts. He was his best weapon last year, and Tess Walker didn't even play uh, basically the first few games of the season. So he really was breaking in a whole new wide receiver core, and he just got better and better as the year went along. So, it, okay, so Caleb Williams is more of a, they call it off-platform. He He's more of a, of a freelancer. Isn't that the way a lot of things go now in the NFL? Kind of. And I, I think for Caleb, he's going to have to go to a situation of where they allow him to be him. But also, you have to rein him in a little bit, too, just because their defense was so bad at USC, <laughs> giving up over 40 points a game. So he was in hero mode, hero ball mode, 100% of the time. So uh, I think once he gets to the NFL, he's going to have to go to a situation with a coach that understands and can tiptoe that fine line of letting him be him, but also understanding that he has to make some plays inside of the pocket, too, which he is capable of. But his defense isn't going to give up 40 to 50 points a game at USC. So just <laughs> understanding how to when to basically keep that cape in the closet when he has to be Superman, and then also knowing when to take it out as well. What is the best quality that Drake May possesses as a quarterback? I think it's his touch down the field, and then also just his processing ability. He's such a clean processor. He's a really good decision maker as well. And then when Tez Walker came into the equation, I call him javelin throws. It looks like he's throwing a javelin, and they <laughs> land in the perfect spot every single time he he just throws a gorgeous deep ball. So I think he's a really good deep ball thrower, but also he's a really good processor of information and defenses in front of him as well. And he's, as you mentioned before, he's really mobile. Uh, I mean, I at UNC, I never liked to see him run because I always thought that, you know, they were just exposing him when they didn't have to. 
uh, and maybe Sam Howell needed to more when he was the quarterback there. That I, I just with Drake, man, I just wanted to see him throw it uh, as much as anything else. The not the knock on Drake, man. We're talking with Jordan Reed, uh, ESPN draft analyst, also uh, Central guy, NC Central guy at Jordan underscore Reed on Twitter. When um, when you're talking about what um, what May does as a quarterback. Uh, the the weapons that he threw to this year, um, how many NFL guys did he have uh, at his disposal? Um, so I don't start looking at prospects until they're draft eligible. But the ones that I know of, the tight end really came on late. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Nesbitt, he's a good player. I'm not sure if he'll declare or not, but he has, he's an intriguing player. That's more so of an athletic tight end. Sure. And also Tez Walker. Of course, but outside of that, and of course the running back, I think he's the best running back in the country, Amari okay. Hampton. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've seen him plenty of times. He's a really good player, but he's not eligible until next year. So of the draft eligible guys, I think those are the only three that I think he was surrounded by. But Nesbitt didn't have much exposure as far as playing time coming into the year, and then Tess Walker was a transfer coming into the year, so he was breaking in a bunch of new weapons. So um, those are really the only three that come to mind as far as who we were surrounded by that has the NFL future. Jordan Reed from ESPN is joining us here. The knock on, and and I frankly don't care because it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but the knock on May, and this might be more of a knock on the coaching staff, is that against good teams, he hadn't played as well, which I guess stands to reason. When you play against better teams, it's not going to be as easy. But does that matter in your eyes? Yeah, it does. And I think just who he was throwing to. And Tez Walker is more so of a deep threat. You really want him attacking that third level of the defense, what I call a roof stretcher. So you right. mainly want him attacking those deeper portions of the field. But as far as those short to intermediate areas, he didn't really have anybody to throw to. So what you saw a lot of times was he was just sticking on his first read a little bit too much, and he was forcing things to happen. That's what you saw against Clemson. Clemson was one game that really comes to mind in the first half against Pitt. He just really was forcing things just because he doesn't have any true natural separators. So he really was forcing things and trying to overcompensate for the lack of weapons that he had outside of Tez Walker. Jordan Reed is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. You said that uh, that we're talking about the first two quarterbacks off the board. Is there a consensus that it's Williams one and May 2, or does it depend on the team that's drafting? Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete DeRuiter with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and, and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. It really just depends on who you talk to. And it was that way coming into the year as well. There is some people that like Drake May at number one overall. There is some people that like Caleb at number one overall. I'm still a Caleb Caleb Williams guy. I've been that way all season long, even coming into the year. But depending on the team that you talk to and the scheme that they run, there are some teams that do prefer Drake May at number one overall. And who would the other quarterbacks be? I know Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman Trophy. Michael Penix, I was surprised yeah. that Penix was the uh, was second and it was as close as it was. Uh, I don't know where he is on the NFL spectrum, but 
Uh, who are the next couple of quarterbacks that would be available, or be would so be you know you know that figure to go high in the draft? Yeah, so your next three probably would be uh, Jaden Daniels of LSU. He's getting a lot of steam now just because of the big year that he had. Obviously, winning the Heisman Trophy is always going to help your case, but he was phenomenal this year. You have J.J. McCarthy of Michigan. There's a lot of fans of him in the league, even though his evaluation is kind of incomplete just because of the run-heavy offense that they run. The times that they do allow him to pass, he does have some really flashy moments, so maybe a lot of people are thinking that he has a positive future once he does get into a pass-happy offense. And then you have Michael Penix Jr. at Washington, who is a player that I really had to warm up to as the season went along just because he has that funky release as a left-handed guy. And I've compared him to a left-handed Phillip Rivers. So that's who he kind of reminds me of with that funky three-quarter release. But, I mean, he was awesome in that Washington offense this year. But with Penix, of course, you have the durability concerns uh, with four season-ending injuries in four consecutive years. Um, so the injuries and the medicals is going to be a big part of his evaluation and a key piece of exactly where he goes in the draft. All right, uh, before I'm going to get back to quarterbacks in a second, but you lead me into Peyton Wilson with the injuries that he has had in the past. Uh, what do you see as his draft ceiling for Peyton Wilson? I love Peyton Wilson, man. Like he's, he's one of like, when I go to watch the tape on Sunday, when I'm watching prospects, he was one that I just loved to come back to every single Sunday, just because the interstate defense is so underrated. In my opinion, they've done a phenomenal job recruiting and developing a lot of players. But one player that that has really grown up in that system it's Peyton Wilson, and I know it got off to a rocky start with the injuries. Yep. He had a couple of knee surgeries. He had a shoulder surgery, too, I believe. But mm-hmm. just his instincts, the way he flies around, and then the so many hats that he wears in that defense. I, I think he can be a starter on the next level. And for some reason, I keep coming back to he's probably going to end up being a day three pick just because his medicals are not going to be very clean. But if he's able to get a clean bill of health, somebody's probably going to take him maybe in like the fourth or the fifth round. He's going to end up being a starter. I agree with you. I think if he wasn't going to be 24 and if he didn't have the injury history, I think he's good enough to be a late first, early second round pick. But, I mean, he's he's going to crush the physicals at the combine. I mean, yeah. in terms of the, uh, you know, the their their Olympic stuff, he's going to crush the uh, the 40-yard dash. He's just going to destroy that stuff. He's, yeah, he's yeah. such a great athlete. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to light it up at the combine. But once again, what everybody's going to be focused on as as part of his evaluation, the on-the-field stuff, there's no question about that. It's just somebody that's turning 24, of course, having the injury history that he's had. Am I willing to take a risk on that? If I worked in the league, I would be. But (laughs) there's going to be some teams that really value that medical portion as they should that are just going to be scared off by what happened in the past. All right, final thing, just this sort of back to quarterbacks. Uh, well, actually, maybe second to last thing real quick. Uh, Shador Sanders got off to such a great start. People had him as the third quarterback off the board. Uh, what do you see for him? Oh, I'm a big fan of Shador. Now, I think he's going to come back just because I think uh, Coach Prime wants him to get one more year in that system with a serviceable offensive line. They're hoping <laughs> to be serviceable anyway. Good luck. Just because he took so many right. He took so many hits last year, but I think he can end up being a first-round prospect for sure, and I think he showed that early on in the season. It's just a matter of him just getting another year in the system and then also just getting the ball out a little bit quicker to help out some of that offensive line that they do need help with. All right, now final thing. Um, Just we have three, you know, I think Carolina's got some very good defensive players. I don't think their defense was very good. State's obviously great defensively. 
as is as was Duke this year. I think they wore out toward the end of the season. But who are the prospects that you would you have your eye on for those three schools before we let you go? So NC State Peyton Wilson is the obvious one. Uh, they have a defensive tackle. His last name's Van. Yeah, I'm blanking on his, his first name for some reason, but Van. He's one that's definitely intriguing. For sure. So those are two. I love a lot of players in their secondary. Aiden Battle, mm-hmm. uh, Sha- excuse me, Shaheen Battle is one that I like quite a bit. And um, and then with Carolina, Cedric Gray. I'm a big fan of him. Big, right. big, big fan of him. I like him in that third round range. I think he has starter potential as well. I think he could go a little bit higher than what a lot of people are expecting. All right. Uh, any of the Duke defensive linemen on your radar? RJ Oban. Um, he's one that I, I found very, very intriguing. We'll see. I know he entered his name in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. and then he also accepted the invitation to the senior bowl. So he's kind of on the fence as far as what he's going to be doing <laughs> uh, next season. But R.J. Oban definitely is one that definitely has caught my attention. All right, Jordan Reed, you caught ours. I appreciate your time, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks as always, Adam. You got it. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. 